everyone and welcome to Slasher Street Podcast. My name is Ryan Devlin and thank you so much for joining me once again. This is a horror movie podcast where each episode I will be reviewing and discussing in detail a different horror movie from our epic collection here at the house. Just one man sitting on his own talking about his love of horror films and I hope you're all having an awesome week and welcome to the show. Now, This week on the show, we're going to be doing something a little bit different to normal. I'm going to be running down my top 10 horror movies of the 2010s, plus a few honourable mentions as well. Now, this is a list I just came up with this afternoon. I was on my lunch break, and I was watching one of my favourite YouTubers out there, Sinister Cinema Reviews. Um, He did like this huge three-hour stream a few days ago with a couple of guys from the Killer Flicks group, um, and they basically ran down their top 10 of the 2010s, and I was like, this is an awesome idea, it's 2021, it's a brand new decade, so let's just get my list out there. I was thinking about something to do on this week's show, and I thought, fuck, this is perfect, why the hell not, Uh, and then obviously the next load of weeks we can go back to our normal Uh, routine programming of one movie per episode but I thought it's a new decade and if I don't do it now I'm never going to get it done because we're already into March so why the hell not and um, yeah Um, now some of the uh, movies on my list might come as a bit of a surprise to some people and not a surprise to some if you're a brand new listener to the podcast on this episode some of the movies on this list probably will come as a bit of a surprise. If you're a regular listener and know me and know my tastes, um, some of these are going to be obvious and you'll be like, yeah, Ryan, I completely understand why that's on there and why you chose it. Now, obviously... Um, This is my personal list. Um, This list is probably going to be completely different to yours, and that is totally cool. Um, This isn't a list of me saying, these are the best horror movies of the 2010s or anything like that. This is just my personal list of my 10 favourite and most loved horror movies of that decade. Um, And it's a real mixed bag. I'm going to tell you right now, it's a real mixed bag, just like my taste in horror. It's a little bit of everything. There's some big major blockbuster productions with big worldwide theatre releases. And there's also some small indie movies in there as well. So it's a real mixed bag. um, But I say that's just like my taste in horror movies, isn't it? Um, A small caveat to this as well. I mean, this should come as no surprise to anybody out there but uh, I might as well get that out there might as well get this out there anyway these are only movies that I have seen so again I could have missed something that was absolutely fucking awesome and you're out there screaming Ryan how is this not on your list you've blatantly missed it well the chances are if that's the case I probably haven't seen it because Um, I don't actually watch a lot of new movies. There is literally about five movies that have came out this year that have been talked about on Killer Flicks and other groups, and I'm like, holy shit, I need to watch that movie, and I still haven't. And I I probably won't watch them for another few years because I'm still stuck in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And if, um, if I have a day off 
or if I have some spare time, or if my missus has gone to bed and I put a film on. It's not very often I put a new film on, like a modern film. I usually put some sort of trash from the 80s or 90s on. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those things where, you know, I just don't know, I just don't really... Um, watch that many modern movies so this was an interesting list to make to say the least um but yeah it's only movies that i've seen so chances are if there's an awesome movie out there um that you're saying ryan how have you missed this it's probably because i haven't seen it but please do let me know your top 10 as well because if there is movies out there that i haven't seen that should be on this list or you feel like i would love please let me know and i would love to check those out without absolutely any doubt um because i'm always looking for new films to watch as you as you guys know so anyway let's get into this let's get this started because this is going to be a big one there's going to be lots to discuss uh, and let's start with my list of honorable mentions the ones that haven't made it into my top 10 but ones that i really really enjoy so these are movies that um you know i have seen I do enjoy, um, but I just didn't feel I enjoyed them or loved them enough to put them in my top 10. So, in no particular order, let's just blast through these. And I'm not really going to go into these with any great detail. This is literally just a list of honourable mentions, and then we're going to get into my top 10, you know, in detail. So, honourable mentions are Halloween 2018, Happy Death Day, Insidious, Piranha, Piranha 3 D, The Collection, Jigsaw, Human Centipede 2, Final Destination 5, Sinister, The Green Inferno, Evil Dead, all the Sharknado movies, Unfriended, Unfriended 2, Dark Web, Krampus, Split, 31, Mother, The Babysitter, Parasite, Dude Bro, Party Massacre 3, The Lighthouse, Zombieland Double Tap, the Purge, Vivarium, Haunt, Mayhem, The Cleansing Hour, The Child's Play Remake, The Vich, uh, Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich, The Banana Splits Movie, and Maniac. So, those are my honourable mentions. So, if any of those movies are in your top 10, that's totally cool, and I can understand why they just didn't make my top 10. So, but those are all of my honourable mentions, and you can already tell that from that list, the movies that I have not put into my top 10, how great of a decade it was for horror. You know, it's been a really damn good year, and there's probably a shit ton, and well, I know there's a shit ton of movies that I haven't even seen, so those are my honourable mentions, but now let's get on to the meat and potatoes, the top 10. Um, these movies that I'm about to talk about, my top 10, obviously I love all of these movies, um, so this is going to be a really positive episode. Obviously, uh, I'm not really going to uh, complain or bitch or moan about any of these movies because these are all movies. These are the best movies are the ones I love the most from the 2010s. So yeah, let's get straight into this. Some spoilers may be discussed throughout this episode, so please be warned. There is a couple of movies in this list that I'm going to tell you um, I'm not going to spoil because I feel like they're relatively newish. Uh, so if you haven't seen them and I feel like having it spoiled would ruin the movie for you, then that's why I'm not going to go into spoilers. But um, I'm going to tell you which ones I'm not going to spoil. If I don't give you, if I don't say, you know, I'm not going to spoil this for you, then probably I'm going to spoil it. So 
<laughs> so let's get straight into this, everyone. So my top 10 horror movies of the 2010s. So coming in at number 10... Probably a little bit of a controversial one because I think a lot of people are quite hot and cold on this movie. But for me, uh, I personally loved it. And that is Doctor Sleep. Um, so for me personally, I thought this was a great sequel to The Shining. Um, I really didn't envy the job Mike Flanagan, who directed this movie, um, the job he had on his hands. I, I just couldn't imagine the pressure, to be honest with you, because, you know, he had to create a movie that was a sequel to one of the greatest movies of all time, The Shining, Stanley Kubrick's Shining, whilst also making a movie based on the book by Stephen King, who hated Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining. So, you know, the book, the, the source material for this movie, Doctor Sleep, is not a sequel to the movie The Shining, it is a sequel to the book The Shining. So, which is very, very different. They're very, very different things. Remember that. They are totally, they are quite different things. So he had a really, really, really tough job on his hands to kind of please everybody, you know, and and chances are, as a lot of franchises have found out, when you try to please everyone, you please no one. <laughs> and that's just the way it is. Um, and this could have really been a disaster because of because of everything that uh, Mike Flanagan was balancing when he was making this movie. But for me, I think he did an absolutely fantastic job. Uh, and the end product really is the best of both worlds. Um, as Hannah Montana would say, it's good. Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> that wasn't even a joke. That was just... That is what she says. That's her song. Um, anyway, carrying on. Um, so, yeah. I thought Ewan McGregor was fantastic as Danny Torrance. I love Ewan McGregor. Who doesn't love Ewan McGregor? He's fucking awesome. He's Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's just an absolute legend and an all-round... What looks, looks like a great guy. Um, but, yeah, he did a great job as Danny Torrance, which was a great, great casting choice. Um, there's probably going to be, throughout this episode, <laughs> the same words getting flown about, like, great, awesome, you know, incredible, fantastic, um, loved, all that kind of stuff, because it's just a positive, positive episode. Um, it definitely feels almost like a standalone movie uh, for some of the things that happen in the movie. I don't think you really have to watch The Shining first to understand what's going on. I feel like that helps. Kind of, um, but not really. I don't think you need to watch The Shining, and I don't think you need to read The Shining or even read Doctor Sleep to know what's happening. If you just went into this movie blind and didn't know anything about any of the source material, um, I think you would have you'd still really enjoy it and you'd understand what was going on. So I feel like that was quite good as well because you know he, uh, Mike Flanagan was obviously trying to get all of these plates balanced, you know new movie where people want to go and see a new movie um people who love the shining want to see the sequel people who love the book wants to see it stephen king as well was really on board with this movie so you know it's one of those things that he couldn't it was really quite a difficult job to be honest with you but yeah it's i think it's a really good feels like a good standalone movie as well as a sequel uh and man that final 45 minutes man I fucking loved that final 45 minutes in the Overlook Hotel. Uh, it's just that final 45 minutes 
is just fan service done best. I was gushing. <laughs> I that whole that whole like segment in the Overlook Hotel was just brilliant. And you know when we saw Jack Torrance in the bar, he's still there as a ghost. I oh, just great great stuff um so yeah overall this is a great watch great cast is it rebecca ferguson rachel ferguson rebecca ferguson um who played rose the hat she was fantastic she was great the guy who they got to play dick hollerin was great as well the guy who they got to play uh jack torrance was great the guy who they got to play wendy was fan not the guy the lady who they got to play wendy wendy torrance was fantastic at the, the start yeah i just thought the whole thing was just done very very well loads of nods to the original book and loads of nods to the original movie as well it certainly lived up lived up to the hype for me um and just did did it justice and as i say i feel like this movie could have gone very very wrong but i loved it i absolutely loved it and i know people are hot and cold on it but i really really enjoyed it so yeah that's why it made my top 10 of the decade now coming in at number nine, another movie that maybe people are thinking maybe a bit hot and cold on, but again, it's a one that I personally really enjoyed, and that was It Chapter One. Hey, <laughs> you thought I was going to say Chapter Two? Uh, certainly not. Uh, it Chapter One. Um, the I personally think it um, the the remake was well the first part, which is what we're going to be talking about. Chapter one um, is a is a really good, really solid, great movie. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, um, mainly because um, the cast of kids in this are amazing. Like their chemistry, like really, this is a cast of probably the best child actors in the world today. And or what, back then, you know, they're kind of getting old now, aren't they? They're getting in, uh, nearly in the late teens. Uh, a lot of these kids, but yeah, the cast of kids in this movie was perfectly done. They had incredible chem- chemistry, um, and they're just fantastic actors. And I think that really, really helped and just worked so well. And for me, that is one of the reasons that I didn't enjoy part two, and I feel like part two failed. Um, because the cast just didn't live up to the hype and the, it just didn't click anywhere near as well. Whereas chapter one, you have um, a great group of kids and you know the CGI, although there is CGI in the first one, it's relatively minimal compared to the second one, which is just awful. Like the CGI in chapter two is really some of the worst I have seen in a horror movie i really didn't enjoy the cgi at all um but in this one i can kind of let it go the whole movie was really good um the overall story just flows much better than the second one as well and i feel like it had enough about it that you could differentiate it from the tim curry version whilst again also being you know true to its roots uh, Bill Skarsgård, I thought, did a great job as Pennywise. Um, not as good as Tim Curry for me. I think Tim Curry is still Pennywise. He's still the man. Uh, but um, but on the other hand, Bill Skarsgård played a very, very different version of Pennywise to Tim Curry. So you've got to give him that as well. But yeah, in the, this feels like a massive, massive movie. Um, you know, the effects are great. This was a massive hit for horror i think this might have been the biggest grossing horror of the decade 
Don't quote me on that. That's just a guess, you know, off the top of my head. Wouldn't surprise me if that was the case because this was a massive hit and theatres were full. Like, even in my little town of Carlisle, when me and my missus went to see this one in the cinema, it was packed. And we went a couple of days after it was released and it was absolutely heaving. Um... So this really was a big, big hit and still is, to this day, a merchandise machine. You know, when it comes to toys, clothing, all that kind of stuff, um, this movie is still churning out that dollar, um, more so than Chapter 2. And I feel like Chapter 2 kind of, because that got such a negative reaction, because I think people can overhype something. You know, because this one was so good, people we're like, chapter two is going to be even better. Chapter two is going to be even bigger. You know, it's got great, it's got a great cast on paper. People overhyped that one. And then when we went to see it, I was like, I kind of left the cinema the same as everyone else kind of going, eh, it wasn't quite as good as the first one by a long way, was it? So, you know, it was just one of those things. But yeah, uh, I feel like that's why people have kind of gone a bit cold on this movie is because of how mediocre the second one was but for me if you just watch this one as it is chapter one standalone movie is a great horror movie and a really good watch so that's why it's chapter one makes my top 10 list now coming at number eight this one might be um a bit different uh this one might surprise a few people especially if you haven't listened to the podcast before people who have listened to this podcast Probably won't be surprised at this, but my number eight is The Barn. So a really different turn of pace now from two massive hits, like like huge blockbusters, to a movie that for a lot of people is probably relatively unknown to most. Um, The Barn was or is an Indiegogo funded movie released in 2016, um, directed by... Uh, a guy called Justin M. Seaman, and we have done this one on the podcast before, so if you haven't heard of this movie, go and check it out. I can't recommend it enough, but we did a full full episode on The Barn uh, back in the summer, so go and check that out. It's like over an hour long of just me talking about The Barn, and uh, yeah, for my good, go check that out for my full thoughts, but yeah, this movie is low budget, but really was a just a passion project for for Justin Seaman um and the love and the effort just really comes through in this finished product in this movie and that's that can count for a lot for me you know I can I can look past um slight issues in terms of you know being a low budget movie I can completely look past some of the the issues that you can see in the movie because of how much love and effort and care and passion went into making this movie I absolutely loved this movie I loved this movie so much that I when I watched it for the first time I was like holy shit this is fantastic I watched it again the next night, and then I watched it again the night after that, which I never do. I never do. If I watch a movie, I'm probably that's probably me done for you know, I don't know, probably a year or so. But I had to rewatch this movie the next night. I was like, that was so much fun. Have to rewatch it. Um, you know, the three villains in this movie: uh, the Boogeyman, the Hallowed Jack, and the Candy Corn Scarecrow. All look great. All are super cheesy, but. 
in the best way. Um, the movie is also kind of styled and filmed as if it was made in the 80s, which this movie does what a lot of movies that try and do this do kind of fail to do. I'll try to word that badly. But this movie does what where a lot of people fail. I can't really think... Why am I not getting that right? Why can't I say what I'm trying to say there? So this movie um, is styled as if it was um, filmed in the 80s, and somebody has just found this movie in like a closet um and then you know you've got it and it's kind of like you can see like the footage reel and the cigarette burns in the corner it's very brilliantly done in my opinion so there is a lot of 80s boom out there um where movies and films and tv series are set in the 1980s but this one feels not only like it was um set in the 1980s but it feels like it was made in the 1980s that's like something that a lot of these movies try and capture that's what i was trying to say a lot of these movies like stranger things and even i suppose it to an extent they try and get that 1980s feel they they try and make it look like it is the 1980s and whilst they do do that it's filmed in like high definition. It's filmed on, you know, ultra HD 4K cameras. This one feels like it was shot on like 16mm. It feels like it was shot in the 1980s and then dug up and found. It's brilliantly done. I can't say enough good things about this movie, in my opinion. Uh, tons of kills, great characters, um, just fantastic a great watch and the barn 2 is coming out uh hopefully later this year the indiegogo campaign is on the way i think it's might have finished actually i'm not sure um but yeah i think they were hoping for like a halloween october start uh, october time release for the barn part two i hope they do it man they have filmed quite a lot of it uh, i think they're just finishing it off so fingers crossed all going well we're going to get the barn part two later this year but if you haven't checked this movie out I implore you to go and check it out. You will not be disappointed. It's well worth going to see. I think it's on like Amazon. You can probably rent it on Amazon. Um, and Screen Team releasing are the ones who do like the Blu-rays and everything like that. That's where I got my Blu-ray. I don't know if they're shipping to the UK at the moment with all of the Brexit issues and stuff. But if you live in the USA, go and check out Screen Team releasing and get your hands on the barn. You will not be disappointed. It's fucking awesome. So my number eight is the barn. So coming in at number seven, we have Midsommar. Um, so this is the first Ari Aster movie um, to make this list. Hint, hint. There is uh, probably a one coming later in the show as well, which should come to no surprise to anybody out there. Um, but yeah, Midsommar comes in at number seven for me. I know some people aren't huge on this movie. Um, it's very long. It's like two hours, 20 minutes long. Um, it's very, very slow paced. And in parts is quite confusing. Um, and I feel like it's a one that you kind of have to watch multiple times to really get everything and really get the full experience out of it i don't know but i loved the hell out of this movie i really did so obviously um i watched hereditary first which is ari Aster's first movie um so i went into this probably i i went into this thinking it was going to be probably something it wasn't because obviously the trailers were the way it was portrayed on the trailers was that it was going to be this hard-hitting, boom, boom, boom kind of uh, movie. But 
if you had already watched Ariaster's Hereditary, you would know that's probably not what you were going to get. Um, and I was fine with that. And for me, it really hit the mark. And for Midsommar, it definitely lived up to expectation. But I can understand why people also on the same side of things don't like this movie. I can, I can understand why people don't have the patience for it. But for me... It's just fantastic. The story is really quite captivating. Um, and when this movie gets going, it really gets going. When this movie kicks off, you are like jaw on the floor. It's fucking insane, man. Um, but yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about this movie. It's beautifully shot. It really is. And um, yeah, I mean... The, the the cinematography in this movie the the wide shots of the um of the fields it's very colorful as well so again this is completely different to hereditary where hereditary is really dark it's really cold it's really um dread it's got a real big feeling of dread around it whereas midsummer it's very warm it's very bright it's very flowery it's very cut like i say it's very colorful it's just got these beautiful fields and landscapes and these crazy characters and yeah it's just completely <laughs> too completely it's actually like night and day and i don't know whether that's a thing where uh, what ariasta was going for whether you know hereditary is night midsummer is day or hereditary is the winter and midsummer is the summer I don't know, but it, maybe, I don't know, but you know, I haven't read that, but maybe that is it because it's two very, very different styled movies, but v a brilliantly made, brilliantly made movie. And I say that cliff scene, man, Jesus fucking Christ, that the, the scene on the cliff is worth watching, you know, and it, it takes like an hour to get there and it's super slow. And then we get to this scene on the cliff and it, the, you know, the, the, they jump off the cliff and it's like, it's all on camera. It's all there. It's not off screen. It's like, it, you can see a guy jump off a cliff and break his legs. And it's like, oh my God, the, the scene is just in, insane. Um, and the, that's the thing. The pacing of this movie is super slow. And then bang, that happens. And like, holy shit, what's going on here? And then it slows down again. Slows down perfectly. Then it goes back up again near the end. And you're just like, holy shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is over two hours long. You need to go into this movie expecting a slow build. Going to it with a little bit of patience. But believe me, I feel like this movie's worth the wait. I thought it was a great watch. Beautifully made movie. Great overall experience. So yeah, that's my thoughts. Um, Midsummer coming in at number seven. So coming in at number six, we have It Follows. Now this is a movie I have only seen once. But, you know, obviously I absolutely loved it because it's on my top ten of the decade. Um, and this is a movie that completely messes with your mind. Like... There is two movies on this list that haunt me and really stuck with me. Like, seriously, will never be forgotten. Like, are edged in my mind. The type of movies that make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. The type of movies that give you goosebumps. This is one of them. And then there's another film later, later in the list that also does that. 
I don't get freaked out when it comes to movies, really. Apart from maybe the first couple of paranormal activity movies, I hate those. I will never watch them. Um, but never watch them again, rather. I have seen them, but I'll never watch them again. But yeah, very rarely do does a movie come out that really fucks with me. And this was one of them. Really, really was. And it's been a couple of years since I watched this movie. You know, I, I, I think uh, it's got to be two years since I watched it. Uh, and it's still, it's still stuck with me, still haunts me, and it's still in the back of my mind. Um, and I think the, the scary part of this movie is the realization that there is no escape from this being that is trying to, you know, kill them, or you know, kill the, kill the person who has had that curse. I suppose you're going to call it passed on to them. Um, it'll never end. You know, it'll never end until you die. The ending is. The ending to this nightmare is you die. That's terrifying. The oh, and just the whole thing of it doesn't matter where you travel to, like you could travel miles and miles away, this thing's still gonna get you. Honestly, I'm getting goosebumps talking about this movie. It freaked me the fuck out. Um and it still catches up to them. They go on like that, they go on that car ride to the river and they are traveling for days and days and days and days. And it still catches up to them. Ah, oh, man, this movie is a fucking great ride. Um, I didn't really know what to expect when I watched this movie. I think my missus had seen it before, and she was like, you need to watch this movie. So I was like, okay, it was on Netflix, so let's let's watch it. Um, I was completely blown away. I was completely blown away by It Follows. The concept is super original. It's, you know, supernatural, it's a supernatural horror that hasn't been done before. Um in this style and i feel like that's gonna be a a common theme with a lot of the movies that are on this list is they are original they are original concepts from you know eight down i know that like doctor sleep and it aren't really original concepts you know the it was a remake and uh, Doctor Sleep was a sequel to a movie in like the 1980s based on a book. So, But that's why those two are at the bottom of the list. Everything really from eight down is an original style movie in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I was just blown away with it. Super original concept. Again, cinematography is fantastic. Just phenomenal shots. Um, I really need to watch this movie again. I really do because... Um, but I'm a bit worried that it's going to completely fuck me. <laughs> it completely fucked me up. Because it's like I say, it's been two years or so since I watched this movie. And it's still there in my mind. You know, completely there. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, have to even... I have to watch it again. Because it was an awesome film. It's a fucking incredible film. Um, even after just one watch, you know, I remember it so clearly. Um, and that's why for me, it's one of the best... One of the best movies of the decade. My sixth favourite movie of the decade. If horror movies anyway. Um, so yeah. Number six. It follows. Um, coming in at number five for me. Is something that should come to no surprise. Again. For anybody who listens to this podcast. And that is Terrifier. Now. Terrifier for me had to make this list. Um, this for me is one of the best slasher movies of the decade. Um, it gave birth to a new icon 
in Art the Clown, or at least brought him to somewhat of mainstream attention. He had made appearances in the All Hallows Eve film, and he did the the Terrifier short. Um, But yeah, this movie really brought him to somewhat of mainstream attention. Um, the kills in this movie are fucking insane, as we all know, obviously. I've Again, I've done this movie um, on a show before, so go and check out that episode where we talk about Terrifier. Um, but yeah, the kills are the main thing, the gore, the, the practical effects. Damien Leone did an absolutely incredible job at... For, at, at on this movie, you know, I, I loved it. And I watched this movie for the first time a few years ago. And I was just, again, I was just blown away. My missus hated it, uh, but I was just absolutely blown away. I watched it and I was like, holy shit, this is fucking awesome. And since then, and it was relatively unknown then, like it was only really known in horror circles. Um, whereas now a lot of people know who Art the Clown is. They know what Terrifier is. You know, it's became a fairly big deal now um and it can only have done that if it was a fucking good movie you know if it was complete shit then it wouldn't have got to that point but for me it was just a fantastic slasher film it was a you know a perfect blend of equally shocking equally entertaining as all good slasher movies should be it's an easy to follow plot very minimal characters in this movie now yes character development is you know mm, you know a little bit on the uh, iffy side shall we say but this is all this is like just a battering ram for art the clown this is like i feel like terrifier 2 which is coming out later this year will have more uh strong characters that aren't art the clown but this is like a just an art the clown greatest hits like it's just all the kills are just there to shock you and entertain you and it just does that in bucket loads i absolutely adore this movie um so yeah i mean for the budget as well i think this was made for something ridiculous like a hundred less than a hundred thousand dollars terrifier is an absolute masterpiece and for how much money it costs to make um i can't think of another indie film like this that has pushed the boundaries of what is possible in slasher in a modern day slasher and a modern day horror Uh, more than this one it has garnered the love and attention of the whole horror community um and again i just can't think of another movie from recent times anyway especially the last decade that has done that on quite the level of terrifier it's just fantastic just love it so yeah go and check it out if you haven't done so already you owe it to yourself and even if you end up hating the movie that's completely cool i think you there is people out there that will watch this movie and obviously fucking hate it. Um, and I can totally understand that argument as well as to why you would, but that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. You know, I feel like a lot of movies that have people who love them and hate them equally are good because you're not playing it safe. You know, you're just doing what you want to do and if people want to love it that's great if you want to hate it that's totally fine you can pick up the dvd for like six pound i think on amazon it's really cheap and when hmv reopens and all the shops in the uk you know you can get those this dvd really really cheap um i think it's on i don't i think it's streaming on shudder I'm not 100% sure on that. I'm not sure. Um, I, it might be streaming on Shudder via Amazon Prime. 
Don't quote me on that, though. I think I've seen it on there, but I'm not 100% sure. But anyway, go and check it out if you haven't done so. It's well worth, well worth your time. So, coming in at number four, we have The Cabin in the Woods. So, another one that I've done on the show already. Uh, this is actually the last one on this list that I have done an episode of on the show. So if you're again, go and check that one out, Cabin in the Woods, my full thoughts on this movie. But for me, The Cabin in the Woods is one of the most original concepts that's ever been done in horror, let alone the last 10 years, I mean ever. This Big Brother reality show style um, concept, but completely turned on its head, is fucking insane. Now... The movie takes on your standard horror formula for this type of movie. Completely turns it on its head, as I say, and adds multiple layers of craziness on top. I went to the cinema to see this when it originally came out, knowing nothing about it. Um, I don't even think I'd seen the trailer. And what I really liked is when the trailer came out for this movie, it didn't really tell you what was going to happen. It was very, very open, very very ambiguous. Kind of didn't really give you any plot. It was just like saying, you have to see this movie, go and see The Cabin in the Woods. So I went to see it, and um, when you when this all comes together, and when it when you realise what's going on, I just I completely lost my shit because I just expected another basic Evil Dead style ripoff. Um, but I, that's not what this movie is. This movie is funny. It's got great gore effects, albeit some are CGI. Um, but you can't have everything. It's fast-paced. It's um, incredibly entertaining. And more importantly of all, as I said, it's an original concept that was executed very, very well. Um, the comedy lands so well. Um, the The whole final act i suppose of this movie with all the monsters is just fucking awesome i can't say enough good things about the cabin in the woods i just think it was one of those movies that came out and almost changed the game it just was like opened up these doors of what is possible again in horror and it's like you know you want original movies watch this this is an original movie i fucking loved it and the best thing about it is you know, for the first kind of 30 minutes of the movie, you think it's just another basic-ass horror movie, you know. But it isn't. It completely isn't. Great concept. I just wished we got a sequel, to be honest with you. Or it would be a prequel, rather, because of how the movie ends. Um, but I really wish we'd got a prequel. Um, and I still hope we do one day. I hope we get it. Um, because there is just so much potential um, that you could do with this. You know, whether you want a standalone movie, base it in another country. You could literally do anything. Um, maybe you couldn't call it The Cabin in the Woods. You could call it like the 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 Bureau, if that's what it is, of the guys who look after this and save the world every year from, from the gods coming up and taking over the world. It's just brilliant a brilliant concept the possibilities are endless and yeah it's a shame i don't think we are going to get a sequel or a prequel but i feel like that really could do great things with a prequel for this movie but i don't think it's going to happen but you know it's one of those things so yeah my number four is the cabin in the woods 
So coming in at number three, a one that probably might surprise a few people actually, um, but it's a one that I only watched really recently, literally only three to four weeks ago, and that is the summer of 84. Um, so yeah, I, I watched this movie for the first time a few weeks ago. I think it was released in like 2018. I think it was something like that, originally. Um, where it's now on Shudder. It's now like a uh, classed as a Shudder original, I think it is, but it's not really a Shudder original. Um, sorry. Oh, pardon me. Um, yeah, basically what happens is Shudder pick up these movies, I think, and brand them as Shudder originals, even though they didn't make them. I think that's how it works. I don't know. But anyway, I watched this movie for the first time a few weeks ago, and wow. Like, just fucking Wow. I don't think a movie has hit me that hard and shocked me like this one did in a very, very long time. Now, this is the movie that I was talking about earlier. This is a one that I'm not going to spoil because I feel like to get the full effect of this movie, you need to watch it. Almost blind, really. You're going to it almost blind. Or even like, you know, you know a basic plot. But to really get the full impact of what happens in this movie, I feel like I have to go into it not knowing anything about it. Um, however, I've probably almost half spoiled it for you there because now you know something's going to happen at the end. So maybe, but maybe not. Because the thing about this movie is... Um, it takes so many twists and turns. It really does. So basically, it's a it, to, to kind of give you a brief plot, it's set in the 1980s, so very similar to, like I said, The Barn. It's got a very big Stranger Things vibe. Very, And I think that's what catches you off guard in this movie. Because this movie, the kids in this movie are awesome. The kids in this movie are better than the cast in It, Chapter 1. And I actually think they're just as good, or if not better, than the kids in Stranger Things. So that's how good the kids in this movie are. So it's kind of Stranger... It's kind of like Stranger Things. The feel of the movie is very Stranger Things in the 1980s. And what's happening is uh, there is a um, a load of kids and a load of, well, just people in general that have gone missing in this small suburban town. And uh, the kid thinks that his next door neighbour is responsible for the killings and for all these people going missing. And it's kind of like a, you know, all these kids, they come together and they try and solve this mystery and it's kind of fun and games and it's a thriller, it's a comedy, it's, you know, it's all this really good stuff. And um, it sets you up in this really weird way where you just think it's going to be... I can't really... I don't... I don't want to tell you what happens because it's just it would be unfair but let's just to say that the way the movie sets it up is brilliant um it's it's it sets it up in a way that makes you think you're going to be watching like a stranger things but it certainly is not that type of movie it goes in a very very dark place let's just say that um a truly fantastic twist at the end um and for me this movie has one of the ballsiest endings i think i've ever seen in a movie i was shocked the movie finished i I can't say enough good things because the movie itself it's not just about the ending this i kind of i'm rabbiting on here but the movie isn't just built on the ending the whole movie is great 
And even if they had done the whole movie as they did, but then the final kind of the final um, you know act of the movie was a basic ass ending, like you expect it to be almost. That would have still been awesome, and it would have probably still been somewhere on this list. Maybe not number three, but it would have been somewhere on here, because it was a super, super enjoyable movie. But yeah, it's fucking awesome. The whole movie from start to finish is very enjoyable, but that ending is just insane. But it's not all about the ending. I can't stress that enough, because the whole movie is great. The whole movie is really well done, and the best thing about it is this group of kids man are so fucking good and none of them are household names how that is a thing i have no idea the start of the movie is really great and the ending of the movie the two scenes are very similar coming from two very different point of views and yeah you need to watch the movie to really understand what i'm saying if you've seen the movie you completely understand what i mean i'm gonna do this movie on an episode um very very soon because i loved this movie i couldn't say enough good things about it and the movie ended when the movie ended i was just i i literally sat back and was like what like i couldn't believe the risk they took for the ending of this movie and it really hit me hard and i was just like holy shit um like i said it just has an ending of a movie hasn't hit me that hard ever. It's one of the most darkest, one of the biggest gut punches you'll ever experience. And I think the reason for that is because the movie is about two hours long, so it's a really long movie. It's about an hour, well, not two hours, like an hour and 45 minutes. It's a good length movie. And for that whole time, you are super invested in all of these characters, like, because they're very entertaining they're very lovable, they're good actors, they're well-written characters, even the parents and all of these kind of characters, it's all very well done. And I feel like that that's why the ending shocked you, is because of how good the movie is all around. If the movie was shit and then we got this ending, you, you wouldn't feel quite as good. But man, this movie is so good. I couldn't believe it. Like, it is worth you watching without a shadow of a doubt you need to go and check it out it's on shudder so if you haven't watched it go and watch it it's on shudder really worth your time uh, as i say i feel like it's super high on my list number three might not be as high on your list maybe but damn i just can't say enough good things about this movie i just love it i fell in love with this movie uh, and so much so that it had to go on my list so yeah um and another one, another thing that I want to say about that, it's really, it's a really original movie. It really is. It feels like it isn't, but really when you watch it, you're like, this is a really original movie. It's really well done. So yeah, go and check it out. Summer of 84. Um, I've just rabbited on for about five or ten minutes about Summer of 84 without actually telling you anything about the movie, but if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil it. It's just not worth me spoiling it for you. Go and watch it. You'll understand why completely um right so we're down to the final two now by number one and number two so coming in number two we have get out now my this might feel like a bit of a basic ass answer but i think this is fucking awesome my 
easily my number two of the decade is Jordan Peele's Get Out. I just think it's a fantastic movie. Uh, I think this is one of the highest rated horror movies on Rotten Tomatoes as well, or Tomatoes. Tomato, tomato, whatever. It's got something crazy like 99 or 98%, which is just crazy for a horror movie, especially in this day and age when there's so many critics out there and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, Get Out, man. I just can't. Like literally, get out! <laughs> I I can't say enough good things about. I've I've seen this movie probably about ten times. Uh, I went to see it in the cinema. Um, I was actually shocked that this movie came out only in twenty seventeen. Um, this movie feels like it came out a long time ago. Maybe not not so decades ago, but I'm talking like kind of 2013, 2014 kind of time. Um, because this movie is always on the TV in the UK. Um, it's always on like ITV and uh, Channel 4 or ITV2. Like they have their weekend movies. There's always like a movie on on a weekend. And it's either, it's usually either um, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, or this. Like, it feels like they're the only three movies that that channel plays. Um, so I think that's why it feels like it's been out longer, because I've seen it so many times. Um, but I do enjoy everything about this movie. I think it's a really, really, I'm going to say it again, original concept. Um, the comedy elements land very, very well. The social commentary is done very, very well as well. And I feel like that is one of the reasons that this really got a lot of attention was because of obviously the racial um, tones, uh, the racial inequalities uh, that this movie brings to light as well. Like this really was the st- not the st- it wasn't the start of like the movement in there, but this brought a lot of that to the forefront of society. I think, in in my opinion, um, the cast is fantastic it's well written it's well shot um and again i say the common theme it's an original original concept um and i just don't think there's been a movie like this that's came out before i think jordan peele i feel like this is the thing with people like jordan peele ari aster they are fantastic modern day directors but how do you top this movie because obviously jordan peele did us which i didn't really enjoy that much i thought it was okay i didn't enjoy it anywhere near as this movie um and it's like how do you top something that's awesome how do you top an almost perfect movie and that's the problem that ariasta has as well because how do you top hereditary because it's an almost perfect movie so they kind of have backed themselves into this weird corner um but yeah i think the movie itself, Get Out, I feel like it sometimes gets hit because of how popular it is and how popular it's become. Um, but it's popular for a reason. You know, it's popular because it's a damn good, well-made movie with a hell of a lot to say. Um, the cast is awesome, as I say, so, like, the acting is great. There's literally no bad parts of this movie. Um, but yeah, I feel like it gets hit for no reason. It gets hit purely for the fact that it's popular and that's a problem in society in general when something gets popular people start to turn on it you know when a band gets popular people start to turn up because it's not cool to like that band anymore um just because you aren't the only person who likes it doesn't mean it's bad you know so like you can still enjoy all of these things even if it's super popular it's i don't know 
That's my opinion anyway. Um, one of those things. But I feel like that is one of the reasons why this movie doesn't get quite as much love these days as it used to. But yeah, but it's popular for a reason. It's a good movie. Um, I'm glad this movie didn't get a sequel because I feel like this um, this movie said everything it had to say perfectly. Um, and wouldn't really benefit from a sequel. I mean, apart from the fact that the whole family died in the end. Um it wouldn't really benefit from a sequel. And I would rather Jordan Peele focused on his own original ideas. Um, having said that, you know, I am excited to see his Candyman remake or sequel, whatever you want to call it, uh, reboots, whatever, uh, later this year. But yeah, it's all good stuff. Um, so yeah, my number two is Get Out. I just think it's a fucking awesome movie and uh, I will stick by that all day long. So here we are. We're at the end of the list. This has kind of gone a lot quicker than I thought. I thought I would have rabbited on a lot longer, but, you know, one of those things. Um, my number one, my favourite movie of the 2010s is, should come to no surprise, seems though we've mentioned it many times on the show already, uh, but my number one is, of course, um, Ari Aster's Hereditary. Ari Aster's masterpiece, shall I say, hereditary. Jesus Christ, this movie stuck with me. And I watched this movie um, a year ago. came out in 2019, I can't remember, but I didn't, go, I didn't go to the cinema to see this. I think I watched it on Netflix. And uh, it was about a year ago, maybe more, no, probably a year and a half ago it would have been. It would have been in 2019 when I watched it. Uh, about a year and a half ago. And this movie has stuck with me since watching this. Some of the scenes in this movie are some of the most disturbing imagery you will ever see on film. Like, seriously fucked up. Um, the scene at the end of the movie uh, where we have uh, Tony Collette's character and... You know, we, I'm just going to go into spoilers with this because I feel like most people have seen this movie. But yeah, the scene at the end of this movie where we see Toni Collette's character hanging herself whilst cutting her own head off whilst her son watches is probably one of the most frightening and disturbing things I've ever seen. And again, it's one of those scenes that just gives you goosebumps, get, gets the hairs on the back of your neck standing up. There is not many movies out there that really affect me mentally uh, and really leave a lasting scar in your head. Um, but two movies in this list do, and that is It Follows and Hereditary. And I still don't think I will see two movies that have affected me in this way for a long time. This movie is super original, as is It Follows, but both the movies are super original movies, and they just completely mess with your head. Like, they really fucked me up. And everyone that I have talked to about this movie, they say the same thing. Like I, I remember me and my friend uh, Phil went to see Slipknot last year, and we were talking about horror movies on the way back. And I was like, you have to see 
Hereditary. If you haven't seen it, watch it. And the next day, he watched Hereditary and he messaged me about it. And he was like, holy fuck, what is this movie? You know, and it, it just such a, an amazing film it's such an amazing movie um you know i'm rabbiting on a bit here but you know this movie it's dark it's full of dread it's beautifully made overall like this movie is so well shot so well written so well paced and i just think ari Aster is a genius i really do uh, i feel like he got a lot of backlash from midsummer and he got a lot of backlash from this movie because he just shocked people like he like the, the, that's the thing about these movies that he makes they shock you and in 2020 or 2021 you know when everything in the sun has been made and remade and rebooted the fact that this guy is out there making original movies awesome original movies that shock you to your core is fucking incredible in my opinion it's just fucking incredible absolutely amazing i think the guy's a genius and he did say that he wasn't going to make any more horror movies and i went on his bio today and i feel it looks like he's making a movie which is coming out maybe later this year or next year i don't know if it's a horror movie i hope it is i couldn't really see much about it have to read up a bit a bit more about it but i hope he does make more horror movies i hope he makes them in the vein of hereditary and midsummer um i say he's only made two feature-length movies but damn they were both incredible um and i think that's a bit of an issue as well whereas now he's kind of put himself in the in a corner because how do you top hereditary how do you top this how and and that's almost midsummer's downfall is that people went into that thinking well he did hereditary and that was fucking insane so what's he gonna do here and midsummer didn't really hit the heights of hereditary it was still an awesome film but it didn't hit the heights and i feel like that's why people didn't like midsummer is because they were thinking it was going to be another hereditary and it wasn't but um yeah how do you top this um how tony collette didn't win an oscar for this performance is beyond me she's just fantastic an almost flawless performance from her she's fucking incredible she probably only didn't win an oscar because it was a a horror movie not just a horror movie but someone's directorial debut you know fucking hell man absolutely insane um and not many movies as i said stick with you as long as this one does but hereditary is really a modern masterpiece um it's a movie that is going to be talked about for many years to come um i just think it's fucking awesome and although i'm not 100 percent on the final the final final scene of the movie the mary poppins scene as many people call it um the the build-up to that and everything that comes before it is just fucking incredible i can't say enough good things about hereditary it's a horror a modern horror movie done right it's art it's entertainment it's terrifying it's fucking well made it's original what's not to love so yeah my number one of the 2010s is ari Aster's masterpiece hereditary so that's my final list so let's run through it one more time let's run through my top 10 of the 2010s so coming at number 10 we had dr sleep coming at number nine we had it chapter one Going at number eight, we had The Barn. In number seven, Midsommar. In number six, It Follows. 
In number five, Terrifier. In number four, The Cabin in the Woods. Uh, number three, Summer of 84. Number two, Get Out. And number one, Hereditary. So that wraps up this week's episode. Please do let me know your top 10 of the 2010s and how my list, um, you know, matches up. I'm going to finish watching this video as well on my phone uh, while I'm editing this and I'm going to find out what their top 10 was. So I'm really interested to see uh, how that compares. Probably very different to mine, but you know, Everyone has different tastes and different preferences and all that kind of good stuff. So yeah, um, one of those things. So that wraps up this week's episode. I hope you all enjoyed that. Um, next week on the show, we're going to be talking... Uh, I was kind of up in an hour on what to do next week. So, But we're going to do it. We're going to do Terror Train next week with Jamie Lee Curtis. So yeah, next week on the show, Terror Train. Check that one out. It's going to be really fun. Um, if you haven't done so already, make sure to give us a like on Facebook, slash a street podcast on Facebook. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, please, please, please do leave us a five-star review. It would be thoroughly appreciated. And if you've got the time, please do write us a review. I would love to hear your thoughts. Or if you don't want to write us a review, just like message us on Facebook and you know let me know some feedback or some constructive feedback, whatever you want to do. I'd really, really appreciate it. And if you have any movies that you want me to do on the show, just give me a shout. Just message me on uh, the Slash Street Podcast Facebook page. I'll be glad to reply. We'll have a crack. And yeah, I'll be glad to do the, the movie that you want me to do in a future episode. As long as I don't dislike it. That no, one's joking. <laughs> I uh, try and keep this podcast as, um, uh, as positive as possible. So if you want to uh, you know, send me a, a movie, that's totally cool. Absolutely fine. So yeah. Uh, so that wraps up this week's episode, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. And I will see you all next week for another episode of Slasher Street Podcast. And in the meantime, everyone, there's only one thing left to do, and that is to stay scared. <laughs> Yeah.